how are you? And how are you at home, right? And how, how awesome was God last night at the launch of our 40 days? Wasn't God amazing, right? If, if you guys weren't there, for any of you who weren't there, man, you miss so much drama. You know, you miss, you miss the, the, the online live streaming event of the year, right? Because, because you know what last night reminded me of? It reminded me of the cross. You want to know why? Because at the cross, every weapon of the enemy that could have been engaged to thwart the work of God was unleashed. But you know what? God unleashed instead blessings. God unleashed the blessedness of the power of the cross and every sword got beaten down into plowshares. Every spear got beaten down into a pruning hook. To God be praised because yesterday when the live stream went down, instead of people murmuring against the technology or people getting, getting all, all uh, panicky and chaotic, everybody came together and we heightened in prayer and we pressed in and we persisted in our prayer and we held the team together and we kept encouraging, we kept helping one another to God be praised. Every sword of the enemy got beaten down into an instrument of fruitfulness last night. So I give thanks. I give thanks. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for last night's launch? Uh, amen? Amen? If you're thankful and you were there and you witnessed the power of God in bringing a family together to support one another, why don't you shout out in the chat, in the YouTube chat and say, my God is so good. My God is so good. Man, I wish I could come onto this computer right now and say, my God is so good and type it out, but I just have to live with the face-to-face -face <laughs> with you guys on video instead, right? My God. It's so good. Amen. Amen. Wow. I'm still so pumped, right? Speaking of launch, speaking of launch, I'm so excited because over the last two, the third week now, um, our Sungai Bulo uh, church plan launched, right? We launched our Sungai Bulo church plan. Oh, come on. Come on. You guys can give a whoop, right? Come on. You guys can give, give a cheer of encouragement in the chat, right? These guys here in the hall, they're giving a cheer of encouragement too. So, uh, so uh, that's, that's us. Uh, having our first, our inaugural online Zoom service. Uh, that's all of us in the different parts of it. We've got, we've got folks doing altar call and connect over Zoom. We've got worship, everything happening there, social media, prayer, all of us, myself included. We are, we are gathering every Sunday now at 10 o'clock uh, um, on Sunday over Zoom. All the stuff is there, but you know what? Don't worry about that. You guys, come for ser you, you guys are here for service uh, today. And uh, if, if, you're, if you know anyone who is interested in the Sungai Buloh Church Plant Project. They told you before, um, uh, but then, you know, time has passed and maybe someone's forgotten. You can tell them about all this and they can follow us um, on, uh, on all the social media handles, SG Bulo, SIBKL. But you know what? Don't just follow us. Don't follow us, lah, you know? Just follow Jesus. Follow Jesus good enough, right? Amen? Amen? All right. Well, we are in Nehemiah chapter 6. Are we still in Nehemiah? It feels like, well, it feels like on some level we've been in Nehemiah for a long time, but we're only in chapter 6. So today we're in Nehemiah chapter 6, and I want to share with you guys a word, and I've entitled today's sermon, Persist, you know, because 40 days, 40 days might sound like a, like not very long, like it's not like a year long, long, you know, but given the intensity of the journey and the, and the power and the watershed that, it, that it's going to be in your life, I believe that 
40 days can feel long and in order to, to make the 40 days really count, you're going to need to persist. Everybody say persist. Everybody sh say it in the chat, persist. Say it to the people around you at home, persist, right? And we're going to need to persist. So I'm going to read the text from Nehemiah chapter 6. And it's going to be on your screen so you can read it together as well. Okay, so let me, let me have my hard copy Bible here. I love this. Okay, let's read this text together, right? Now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakefirim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. So what you, what you must know um, at this point is that, is that they intended to harm, they intended to harm uh, uh, Nehemiah, even though they were coming masquerading as people who wanted to, uh, to help, lah, you know, to, to, to do something, to reach out, right? Verse 3, And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Somebody say great work, right? If you're at home and you're, seeing, you're hearing this, somebody say great work, right? Great work. Say it in the chat, great work. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sambalat for the fifth time, while wow, these guys are persistent, man, for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. Hey, where God such thing? Never mind, let's read on, right? That you and the Jews intend to rebel, that it is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. Hey, where did they get this from? Where did they get this from, right? Let me tell you where they got it from. And you also have set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem, there is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of those reports. So now, come, let us take counsel together. You guys want to know what Nehemiah says? Nehemiah says this, Then I sent to him saying, No such things. Everybody says no such things, right? No such things, as you say, have been done for you are inventing them out of your mind, right? So, it's all rubbish, right? Next verse. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. I love this line, right? In the midst of all the chaos, there is a cry of prayer. Oh God, strengthen my hands. Now, when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mehetabel, who was confined to his home, this guy is having MCO, yeah, he's confined to his home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. So let's set the scene. He goes and he sees this guy in his house and this guy says, Nehemiah, everybody wants to kill you. They're going to stealthily come to you by night. They are going to come and they are going to kill you. So in order for you to not die, you and I, we go to the temple, we lock the doors, we stay in the temple. 
How many of you think that's a good idea? How many of you think that? Before I click, how many of you think this is a good idea? Correct answer is, it's not a good idea. Okay, it's not a good idea. Verse 11, but I said, I being Nehemiah said, should such a man as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent him. But he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Sudak gonna beli this guy, right? For this purpose, he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin. And so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. So there's actually quite a lot of them, right, who are intimidating Nehemiah. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days, not 52 weeks, that would be a year, 52 days. And when all our enemies heard it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. And this is the best line of the whole chapter. For they perceived that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that whatever work we can accomplish in this world may be accomplished by the hand and the help of our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody got an amen? Somebody got an amen for that word? Man, I am so excited about Nehemiah 6. You want to know why? Because it is time so perfectly for the launch of our 40 days. And today, we're going to see how we can be led by God to persist, right? Because 40 days, like I said, it's it's not the longest thing in the world, but neither is it going to be just as a stroll in the park, right? So we're going to need to persist. And in order to persist through 40 days, there's going to be two ways that we're going to learn from the Lord how two ways we can persist. The first way is this. We're going to persist when we stand our ground, right? Stand your ground. Everybody say stand your ground, right? We're going to persist when we stand our ground and we're going to persist when we stay the course. Everybody say stand your ground, Stand your ground, stand your ground, and everybody say, stay the course. Stay the course, my friends. Stand, the ground, stand your ground and stay the course. Now, where do we get this? Verse 2 alone. Verse 2 alone, these jokers, Sanballat and Geshem, they start sending messages and messengers over to Nehemiah to jump on him to come. Hey, come, come, come. Come to this place near Ono. We want to talk with you. We want to do this with you. But you know what they were really wanting to do? They were wanting to sow a spirit of fear. They were wanting to intimidate. They were in the business of fear mongering. And SIBKL, you guys listening to this, 40 days, the enemy is going to be in the business of fear-mongering. The enemy is going to be in the business of intimidation. But guess what? Guess what? Stay, stand the, your ground, right? Stand your ground. You want to know why? Because we see here a picture of Nehemiah standing his ground. And he says to these jokers, 
No. Why should I come to you? I am doing a great work. How many of you guys are doing a great work? How many of you guys, every weekend, every weekend when you come into the house of the Lord to serve, like these amazing guys here on the team, serving to a hall that in every respect looks empty, but they are not seeing the blue chairs. They are seeing you guys. And they are doing that. You know what they're doing? A great work. How many of you guys? Give a hand to these guys, man. And not just that, how many of you guys, every Wednesday, every Friday, you are gathering in your homes to do Zoom across wherever so that your cells can continue to be fed? How many of you guys know that is a great work, right? It is such a great work. And all the countless other ways in which you are, in which you are sowing and you, every brick that you are putting into the wall so that the kingdom of God can be strengthened, all of you guys are doing a great work. Stand your ground. Do not allow the voices of fear-mongering and intimidation to throw you off. Now, you know what? As I was just preparing for this sermon, it suddenly hit me, because I was thinking about standing your ground, right? And it suddenly hit me that Malam Pentecosta was one year ago. 40 days of fasting and praying last year was, you know what? It feels like two, three years ago. In fact, it feels like a different lifetime ago. You know, this year has just been that kind of year, right? Everything feels like a lifetime ago. Now, do you know what, how we had to stand our ground as we approached Malam Pentecostal? For those of you who joined us within this year, you wouldn't have known the story. So let me tell it to you guys. And for the rest of us, we can remember God's grace over us together. You remember that during this time, right, at the start of 40 days, the haze problem was so bad, right, that so many places were getting so choked up, the air was becoming so impossible that, that many places were cancelling, outdoor events were all getting cancelled. And around this time last year, there were people coming to tell us, and not to, not Sambalat, not Tobaya, okay? Well-meaning people coming to tell us, maybe we should start thinking of moving into an indoor venue, right? And then there were other people who said, maybe we should cancel, or maybe we should this. Hey, it's not safe, it's not this, it's not that, right? And you know what? We prayed and we sought the Lord for wisdom, and the Lord said, stand your ground. And we stood our ground, and we hung in there, and guess what? For those of you, you were in Kuching, shout it out in the chat, say, I was in Kuching, I saw the supernatural happen, because we stood our ground. We did not allow the voices of fear, the voices of whatever, to come in and thwart the work of God. We stood our ground, and we walked seven rounds around that stadium. If you were there, shout amen in the chat, right? I was there, so many of us were there, right? And guess what happens? The sky opened up, the whole venue was clear, crystal clear on the first night and clear again for the second night. And guess what? Everybody else moved into, into some indoor venue or moved their dates so that the whole city became ours, right? Stand your ground because God is going to do a great thing, right? Why? Because when you do His work, you are doing a great work work, just as Nehemiah said. Now, 
I love stories of standing your ground. I want to share with you another one. It's also it's from the Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 11 to 12. This is a story, an old favorite in this church, right? Because Pastor Chu likes to talk about it. This is about a man called Shammah. He was one of David's fighting men. And the, and the Philistines were attacking David's army. They were attacking the armies of the living God. And everyone was scattering and Shammah. I love this guy. He's one of my heroes. He stands his ground and he protects this little field, okay? What we call today the lentil patch. He protects a field of crop. Now, friends, you've got a field of crop. You know who's your field of crop? Your cell group, that's your field of crop. You know who's your field of crop? Your ministry group, that's your field of crop. The people, your oikos, the people you are reaching out to, your friend who is so close to coming to know Jesus, that's your field of crop. So today, every single one of you is a shamah, and you have been called by God to stand your ground and defend that turf and fight against the enemies of God. By the power of God, when you stand your ground, you know what happened that day? Shamah defeated defended that lentil patch. He defeated an army much, much bigger than one lone man. And they saw a great victory that day. Amen. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. When the enemies attack you, you are a victor. You are a victor in Christ because Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys believe that? Don't just say amen if you don't believe it. If you believe it, say amen. Shout it out. Shout it out to the people around you. You want to keep on typing into the chat? Type it into the chat and shout it out, right? Now, Nehemiah chapter 4, near the ending, if you scroll in your Bible to the end of Nehemiah chapter 4, there is another really beautiful verse, right? And that is the verse where, where the chapter that talks about them having to get up, get their spears and stand up and, and, and be ready to fight. But you know what it says in, verses, in verse 14? He says, fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for... For your wives, I'm, I'm going to read this, right? Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. S-I-B-K-L. This 40 days, who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Is there a loved one you are, you are fighting for? Can I, can I assure you from the Bible that it is worth fighting for? Can I uh, encourage you that if you're praying for the salvation of your parents or they're aging and, and you say, God, there's still like a, like, like a hard rock, you know, it's like I've been beating at it for years, I've been chiseling away, but no water's coming out. Can I say this? Stand your ground for your loved ones because it will be worth it. The God to whom you pray, the God to whom you cry is mighty and awesome. He is hearing every one of your prayers. Stand your ground. Now, another thing you have to stand your ground against, not just intimidation and fear, it is the accusations of the enemy, right? Because we see in verse 6, Huh. This guy, the fifth time Sambalak comes or he sends a messenger with open letters and more, accusing him of what? You are building all these walls because you want to install yourself as a king, right? We all heard that just now when we read the text. Nonsense! Nonsense! Totally not true. Where do you get this story from? But can I say this? The accusations of the enemy might sound less like nonsense 
in a time when you are weak. It might sound less like nonsense in a time when you're wondering whether your motives were pure, at a time when you're not so sure, when you have sinned a little bit, and then you're, you're asking yourself, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then one week later, you know, you're, the accuser keeps on accusing you and asking yourself, has God forgiven me? You know, um, um, am, I, am, I beyond, uh, uh, am I beyond redemption? What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Do you feel that sometimes? What, what do you do when the voice of the accuser just continues to speak to you? Why, why you, you also don't know how to fast? Why are you so lousy one? You cannot pray. I know uh, all these people in SIB, uh, they, are praying, they are praying six hours a day, you know. What are you? You can't even do six minutes. What's wrong with you? What kind of Christian are you? Yeah, no need to do the fast. Lah. Hey, have these voices attacked you in the previous rounds of 40 days of fasting and prayer? Have they attacked you? Have you identified whose voice that is? That is not the voice of the shepherd, right? Hey, following Jesus is about voice recognition. You must know the voice because my sheep hear and recognize my voice. The voice of the accuser sounds like accusation and you cannot yield to it. You cannot yield to it. You must stand your ground, right? So these 40 days, let me help you identify the voice of the accuser. Okay, it's going to sound a little bit like this. Ah yeah, you're full of sin lah. Lousy fella, you think you want to fast like you're so holy. Don't bother with the fast. Just give it up. You're so full of sin anyway. You're a loser like you. It's going to sound a bit like that. It's going to sound like, 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 look at you. Look at yourself in the mirror. This one, Christian, lousy. You're a lousy father. You know, you don't take care of your children. You're a lousy mother. You're always losing your temper. You're a lousy son. You're horrible. You don't even care for anybody. You're a lousy pastor. Oh, your people are all in a mess. You're lousy this, like everything, right? The accuser will keep on. And accuser is relentless, huh, by the way. Accuser is absolutely relentless. But you know... What's going to happen when a relentless accuser meets the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony? You want to know what happens? The accuser of the brethren is cast down. That's what happens. Amen? So if you are covered in the blood of Christ, you must have a word. You must have a word to testify of the goodness of God. Then the accuser of the brothers and the sisters will not be able to sow a wedge between you and your God, between you and your brothers and sisters. The accuser must be rebuilt. Somebody say amen to that because I can't stand it when the accuser has free reign to get into your heart and get into your head and sow all kinds of, of, of lies to say that you, that you are lousy this, lousy that and all that nonsense. It is not true. Where did you get it from? You are making that up out of your own mind. That's what Nehemiah says. And today, all of us, as we stand our ground, let's stand our ground against the accuser, rebuke every accusing lie, and tell the accuser, get thee behind me by the power of the blood of Jesus. I testify, my God is alive and he has cleansed me. I will be a good son. I will be a faithful husband. I will be a good mother. I will be a good student. I will look after the flock well. By the power of God, I will. Not by my strength, not by my might, but by the power of the living God, I will. That's the word that we have for the accuser. So all the powers and principalities of the air right now in Jesus' name. Stop your accusation because guess what? 
the power of the blood of the Lamb is upon everyone of SIBKL's people, everyone of the people who call Jesus their Lord, and we will not stand for the accusations of the enemy. And somebody say amen. Amen, amen. All right, so rebuke the voice of the accuser. Two ways in which we are going to persist in these 40 days. The first one is that we stand our ground. The second one is this, that we stay the course. We stay the course. What's the difference between the two? To stand your ground is the whole turf. So stand your ground is, by the way, it costs you something to hold ground. It's going to cost you something to hold ground right? Every time you hold ground, you're going to have to defend it against people who want that ground, and it's going to cost you. This 40 days is going to cost us a bit of discomfort, a bit of hunger, a bit of deprivation, but guess what? It is worth the price to pay. If you can skip a, a bunch of meals, if you can skip 40 meals and see breakthrough in your life, can I be honest with you? It would be cheap if we can skip just 40 meals and see some of the breakthroughs we're going to see. You know who tops up? Jesus tops up. It's not that your 40 meals is so mahal that you could buy the breakthrough. It is not. It is just the condition of your, the conditioning of your heart to say, God, I will not offer you something that costs me nothing. And the rest of it is topped up by Jesus. To hold the ground will cost you something. And then Jesus tops up for everything else. Amen? Stand your ground, stay the course. Why stay the course? Because we need to be focused. We cannot be distracted. We cannot look to the left or to the right. We must only look straight down to the end goal, right? Why? Because the enemy is also going to come and try to distract you and lure you left and right and try to, to, to catch out you so that you don't follow the plan, so you don't stay the course. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight up with you. There's going to be a point in all likelihood. There's going to be a point in your 40 days when you're going to be so tired of fasting, so weary of the praying, and maybe you're not seeing a, 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 an answer. You're not seeing a breakthrough yet. And guess what? One more day. Can, can, can I encourage you just one more day? And maybe today's the wrong day to preach this because we're only on day two, right? But guess what? Day one. One more day. Tomorrow, one more. Just get to the next day. One more day. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't waver. You want to know why? Because the enemy is going to come to you like this bloke here, this MCO bloke, Shemaiah, right? He's, this guy, Shemaiah, Nehemiah visited him, right? Because he's, he's cooked up in his own house. And he got, the, he, he got the nerve to tell the man who's visiting him that, you know what we should do? Everybody wants to kill you, right? So what you and I should do is we should go to the temple, lock the doors, right? And Nehemiah says, no. I'm not going to go and hide. Why should a man like me hide? I'm doing a great work, right? Why, why should you guys hide? Are you guys going to hide? Are you going to bury your... your uh, are you going to bury your, 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 your talent right now under the ground? Is that what you're going to do? No. None of us are going to do that, right? So we're not going to do that. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stay the course, right? And what does it mean for all of us to stay the course? Don't abandon your post. Don't abandon your post. I was in a cell group, one of my cell groups, uh, a few weeks ago, quite many, in fact, a couple of months ago now. 
And we were looking at Nehemiah 6, right? And we were looking at precisely this verse. And two things I learned that night, and two leadership lessons, okay? So I'm going to share this with all of you guys. Two leadership lessons. Why you must stay the course and don't abandon your post. Number one, if you abandon your post, leaders, if you abandon your post, you know what's going to happen? You are going to go out there into the enemy camp, okay? And where, when you're out there, you're going to catch you're going to get infected by the fear. You're going to get infected by the intimidation. You're going to, because you're alone, ma, right? You go out there alone, ma, right? And you know how the enemy attacks. The enemy attacks a fella who, who distances himself so far from the pack, right, that he, he gets attacked because he has no one, no one guarding him. So that's what he wanted to do with Nehemiah. Draw him, lure him away from the pack infect him with the virus of the fear, intimidation, and accusation so he can bring it back and infect the whole house. And then all of their hands would grow weak. None of them would be able to continue their work. Leaders, do not abandon your post. When you abandon your post, the enemy infects you. By the time you get back to your post, you infect the rest of your team. So stay the course. Don't get distracted. Amen. Amen. But I learned a second thing about leadership on, on that night in that cell group because one, one of my cell members was just sharing this, that actually the reverse is also true, that when you abandon your post, your people are, are, are missing a leader. Your people don't have support. Your people don't have a protector around them. So when you abandon your post, that's when the enemy will come and hunt them your flock. So that's also true. That's why for these two reasons, don't abandon your post. Stay the course. Now, I know some of you guys are saying that, ha, 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 pastor, I, I'm not a leader. <laughs> so I don't, I, this doesn't apply to me. Yay, what's up? No. No, no, no. You want to know why no? You want to know why no? Because have you guys ever heard the saying that in the land of the, of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? You guys, you guys heard, that, heard that saying, right? It's, it's a true saying, right? Now, let me tell you this. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the land of deep darkness, Isaiah chapter 9, the man who has, who, the, man who has the gospel will shed light towards the king. That's what it means, right? So if you know Jesus Christ, you have known his love, you have known his, you, you have known his mercy, you have known his saving power, you have known his protection, and you are a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and you are living, as it says in Isaiah 9, in a land living in deep darkness, you are the one entrusted with that lamp to shed the light so that they can see the king. You are a leader as long as you are a Christian. You have an onus and a duty and a responsibility to lead those in darkness toward the light of life of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter whether you can, ha ha ha, pastor, I'm not a leader in SIBKL. It's true, maybe some of you are not, have, you don't hold the role of a leader in SIBKL, but every one of you has been entrusted to steward this position and, and, and this, this, this role to lead others towards Christ. So that applies to you, my friend. It applies to you. Stay the course. Don't abandon your post. Now, let's be real. Final analysis, how good are you going to be at standing your ground and staying the course? 
Give yourself a score right now. Without any help, how good are you going to be at standing your ground and staying the course? 8 out of 10? 7 out of 10? What's your score? How good you think you're going to be? You know what? I'm going to get real with you guys. The correct answer is, at very best, patchy. At best, patchy. If you don't get any help from anyone else or anywhere else, I don't know how you're going to stand your ground. I don't know how you're going to stay the course. Which is why verse 16 is my favorite verse of this whole chapter. Because you want to know what verse 16 says? When they built the walls in 52 days, Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, and all of these people, they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of God. Somebody, come on somebody, come on somebody. They perceive. Now, they are not the Christians. They are not the believers in Jesus. They are not the ones who count Jesus as their hope. They are the enemies of God. And when they saw the, the walls of Jerusalem built up completely, they said, oh my word, this has to be the work of a living God. Now, SIBKL, I'm going to ask you this right now. When the world sees your great work, is Jesus manifest in that work? It will be manifest when His help is upon you. It will be manifest, okay? But if you try to build something on your own, you are building a tower of Babel. And you thought that the great work of your hands was so glorious, so wonderful, you built it so high, and just like that, God can scatter it all away. But friends, if you want to build something that's going to last into all eternity, I want to have the legacy not of the builder of Babel. I want to have the legacy of someone who built the, the, built the Bible into the lives of people, who built the Word of God, who built the strength of the, peop, of the prayer of people. I want to have that legacy. And I know every one of you have the same desire. So friends, you must have the help of God. You can't do this alone. Jesus, in his 40 days of fasting and praying, he stood his ground. He stayed the course. So much intimidation, so much, so much nonsense from the accuser, so much nonsense from the tempter to lure him off his course and away from his ground. He stayed his ground. Friends, you are not going to survive these 40 days without Jesus. But good news. We have Jesus, and because He lives, you too will live. Amen? Amen? Friends, I want to encourage you right now. If 40 days is going to mean something, you are crying out for a breakthrough, and you are about to say to, that, to God what you've been thinking about since last night, what do you want from me? Ask God, and you have something to say. You finally have something to say, God, I want this. God, I want this. I want to encourage you. Answer the altar call right now. 
Okay, right now, we have prayer rooms. We've been doing this for many weeks now, so you know the drill. If you're new, you're visiting with us, right now, on your screens back home, right, there's going to be a link and there's going to be a QR code. Just respond and go there. And someone will be there to pray along with you. And when someone prays along with you, you can articulate to God and say, God, this is what I want. God, this is the cry of my heart. God, I need your help and cry it out because guess what you can't do it without someone else's help you need each other and above that you need god so right now let's all let's all i just want to encourage you just just answer the call go into the prayer rooms and pray right now just 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 someone who's going to pray with you stand that ground with you stay the course with you so that you won't be alone and you're not a victim you're you're a victor in christ the blood of christ gives you victory over every attack of the enemy so that every sword can be beaten down into a plowshare into an instrument of harvest and fruitfulness so right now sibkl we're going to worship every one of you worship at home together in the meantime if you want prayer answer the call now let us worship together come come friends let's worship together hallelujah 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 father we thank you lord god father we thank you lord god that you are a good god and when the enemy attacks us we are victorious in christ when the enemy comes against us with intimidation fear accusation or discouragement or distraction in the name of jesus christ we will stand our ground because christ in me the hope of glory because christ will give me strength christ will give me strength in my legs to stand christ will give me vigor in my vision so that i will stay the course and i will not waver i will not fall i will not waver in jesus name you be my guide in jesus name you be my strength in jesus name you be my lord for those of you who are in the breakout and you are being prayed for in the in the online prayer room i pray for every one of you that you will see the extra extra load of strength to help you stand your ground and to stay in the cause in jesus name i pray for every one of my friends listening right now in jesus name May you give them strength. May you give us the vision and the focus to stay the course. Not for one day, not for five days, not for, for, for 15 days, for all 40 days, all the way through and even beyond. <laughs> Father, I pray that every one of us, when we cry out from the depths of our hearts, when we cry out, say, God, you ask me, what do I want from you? This is what I want from you. And when you hear it, Lord, you will not despise it, but you will say, I've heard your cry and I have counted the cost you pay and I see how much you crave after, uh, how much you hunger and thirst after righteousness. I will top up and I will pour blessing upon blessing. I will unleash blessings over you. Amen. So Father, may you separate us now with your blessings. Every single one of us, just close your eyes, hold your hands out open to receive this blessing. Father, I thank you. May you bless every one of us. May the love of God, our Father, our good, good Father, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who lives, therefore we shall live. And may the fellowship and power and strength of the Holy Spirit 
fill us every day for the next 40 days. And all of God's people shout aloud. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen church. Church, just go around one last time to the chat. Say amen. If you see a friend over there, say hello to each other. Because what is a church if we're not coming together as a family? So I'm, I'm done for today. If you want prayer, the prayer room is still open. The QR code, the link, you can still go and get prayer. Even if you joined us just a little bit late, 10, 15 minutes late, and you are lagging behind the live uh, uh, stream or whatever it is, I'm not sure how it's going to work because I haven't done this myself before. But if you are on the screen right now, just go and get prayer. If not, I'll see you guys next week. God bless every single one of you. Have a wonderful Sunday. See you guys. Bye-bye.